Next on BYU Sports Nation, the long wait is over. Game day is here. BYU-Utah goes down tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We're trying to break the curse, the streak, with members of the 2009 team on the show today, Dennis Pitta, Max Hall, and Brandon Bradley. It's been a decade since BYU understood victory in the rivalry. So isn't it about time? Let's go! So it's second down and 10 for BYU. Four-man rush. Throwing it over the middle. It's caught. Andrew George. Touchdown, BYU. Zaxi's pressure. Dumps it off to Bushman. Bushman makes the catch at the 50. The 49 needs the 48. Did he get there? They mark him back, and they say no. Shotgun snap to Shelley. The redshirt freshman takes a knee, and Utah takes eight straight in the rivalry. We feel like we're carrying... All of, all of BYU, all the fans on our back, and this, this um, losing streak has to stop. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Studio Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Game day. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday. Look at this. August 29th. Oh, man. We arrived. It's so great to be back. We arrived. It's a special time and place to be in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. There's only six games a year. Stadium of fire. Maybe a couple scrimmages. I mean, it's, it's special to be here, and I can't believe we made it. I can't believe we made it. Wherever and however you are connected with us, great to have you. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who likes to party like it's 2009, Jerem Jordan. That was the last time that BYU beat Utah. I can't believe it's been that long. That has been just the worst streak of all time. But guess what, people? It's time to party. Hit it. Countdown to the Utes. Therefore, uh, I think we need to uh, expel them from the set. So Beat on Utah. I Beat on Utah Red. I think someone's going to be unhappy that I do this, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is going Chucking it? Yeah. Chucking it? All yeah. right, let's yeah. chuck them. No, I, See like, completely off. The, I just See threw it, like, 30 feet off the set here. <laughs> someone just yelled at me. I told you I told you someone would be unhappy. Hey, no throwing those. What the heck? I told you. I told you. Be careful. Someone down there is like, what? Here is your game day show lineup. We're going to try and exercise whatever good karma we can from the last BYU team to beat Utah. Yes, and hope that guy doesn't come up here and complain. Max Hall, quarterback (laughs) of the 2009 BYU team that beat Utah here in overtime, 26-23, will join us. Brandon Bradley, one of his teammates, former defensive back. His knee was down in 2010, just putting it out there. Ahmad Brooks, who is going to call the game tonight as the color analyst on ESPN, will join us, former Texas football star Dennis Pitta. We have time for him today, Jerem. I guess. Well, we need to put aside any personal beefs so that we I can I don't have any beef with him. It's the producers. We for rarely have force him on. I'm like, can we have the Dennis good. on okay. more often? <laughs> Dennis Pitta's here. And we bring back going for two. A loaded yeah. game day show. Oh, by the way, did I mention this is two hours as well? Two hours, baby. Yeah. 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 Let's go. Here are your game day BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
Hashtag Beat Utah. BYU football will host 14th-ranked Utah tonight, 10.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 Pacific on ESPN as the Cougars seek to end an eight-game losing streak to the Utes. Pre-game coverage on BYU TV, a two-hour special of Countdown to kickoff at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Radio coverage will begin roughly 15 minutes after Countdown to kickoff starts on BYU TV. I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad that they're they're ranked in the top. What, what are they? 14 right now. I'm I'm happy because it's just an opportunity for us to show who we are. Because I know who we are, but it's it's going to have to show game one, game two, and and be consistent. So I, I'm excited for what the season holds for us. Austin Lee on the hype that Utah brings in and how BYU will attempt to counter that tonight on their home field. When I walked in, I saw the Utah football equipment truck, and many feelings were stirred. And I thought, I don't care about pads and whatever. Uh, tonight's the final night of NFL preseason games. Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs take on Jamal Williams and the Packers in Green Bay. Michael Davis and the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego travel up the state to San Francisco. They'll take on Fred Warner on the 49ers at 10 p.m. Eastern. The Chargers 0-3 in the preseason, while the 49ers are 3-0 because preseason records matter a lot. It always does since. Yeah. And Taysom Hill, Corbin Kafusi and the Saints play John Denny and the Dolphins. All rise and shout. It's time for a game day edition of What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Enough talk already. It's here. BYU well, and Utah will play yeah. football tonight. Yeah, we'll talk about it for roughly two hours, but yeah. In under 10 hours. <laughs> the game happens today, Jerem. Yes! So with all of the buildup, and it's been essentially nine months, mm-hmm. at this point, how confident are you that BYU will beat Utah tonight? I'm confident. Maybe it's a defense mechanism. I'm not sure. But I am extremely hopeful. I'm extremely confident. I think that Utah is very good. Maybe great. Maybe they will win the Pac-12 and go to the college football playoff. We'll see. They would have to have one or zero losses, right? But um, I think they're overrated naturally. It, it, it's going to be hard to live up to that hype. This could be the greatest Utah team ever. And they could win the Pac-12, and that'd be amazing, and not make the playoff, right? I think Utah's very, very good. This is going to be a huge challenge for BYU tonight. But I also think that BYU is underrated, naturally, after winning only 11 games the last two years. But I think this is a fun matchup. Vegas feels the same. The line's five, right? Four and a half in some places. Started at six. I feel like uh, Utah's on a two-game losing streak. BYU was up 20 late. The last three games, Utah has not played the same type of ball. Granted, they didn't have Tyler Huntley, a quarterback, or Zach Moss, a running back. That makes a huge difference. It really does. But this is a new look, new feel uh, BYU team with Zach Wilson as a sophomore who's watched the Utah game over 100 times. BYU has the better special teams tonight. The Cougar defense will be challenged by this Utah uh, uh, offense. But I think the BYU offense will be the difference in the game. They will they will keep the pedal down, and they will score enough to win. I think BYU is going to win tonight. Wow. Am I paid by BYU? Yeah. But I do think that <laughs> BYU has a good shot to win. I won't be shocked at any result other than a blowout for either team. I think it's going to be a close, fun game like it normally is. I'm going to compare my confidence level to how confident I felt in a couple of previous similar games for BYU in the past. In 1996, BYU welcomed 13th-ranked Texas A&M in the Pigskin Classic. I felt like, you know what? BYU's got Steve Sarkeesian coming back, and they got these great tight ends, and they seem to have serviceable players all over the field. I think they've got a pretty good shot of beating Texas A&M. The Cougars win a shootout 41-37. I will say this. Texas came in here in 2013 
the Storm game, which forced a three-hour pregame show live on BYU. Yeah, so tonight's not the longest one we've done before. That game, I was not as confident in BYU winning as I am compared to BYU playing Utah tonight. This focused, very focused BYU team has been thinking about this game for nine months. And because of how last year's game ended, it changed the entire offseason. And I don't know how much of a difference that will make when it comes to being on the field tonight, but I do think BYU is as focused a group as they have been since I can remember, Jerem. It's been forever since I felt this type of focus and excitement about an opponent in a season opener on BYU's home field. It's Utah. It's the rivalry. BYU has everything to gain from this. Utah's expected to win. I love the scenario that BYU's in. So confidence level, I'd say it's comparable to how I felt BYU was going to do against Texas A&M in 1996, which was, I think it's going to be a close game. I think BYU's got a pretty good shot to win. Utah has a lot to lose, too. If they lose tonight, they ain't going to the playoff because they're not going to run the table in Pac-12 Even if they did run the table in Pac-12 play and lost to BYU, they'd be in that situation where it's like, well, them and three other teams are fighting for that last spot in the college football playoff. Right, but there's been no two-loss team in the playoff. If you're a 0-1 loss, you're you're pretty good. Now Utah has to win at Washington, right? They have to win all of them. Yeah, Yeah. crazy. They have to win all of them. Crazy. Topic two, there will be heck to pay tonight either way. Uh, with this uh, matchup, win or lose for BYU. Let's break down what will happen with both results. So what if BYU wins, then what? If BYU wins, then they're going to win nine games this season, Jerem. I think this is a tone setter. This is a tone setter. If BYU can stun Utah in game number one, you choose the verb, shock, upset. Some people don't want to call it an upset, but... Frankly, they're 14th. They're ranked 14th, so be it, would be, it would be an upset. If BYU wins, I think the Cougars will win at least nine games because this will set an incredible tone for the season. I am a little bit worried about what it'll do for game number two against Tennessee. I am worried about it. BYU wins. hangover, potentially. Who cares? But nine wins. If BYU beats Utah, they're going to win at least nine games this season, and we're on the cusp of doing something special here in Provo, Utah. If it was 10-plus, now we're talking, right? If it's not, no one talks about a nine-win season. That's just in the annals of history. There's no chapters on less than 10-win seasons typically, right? BYU will have that monkey off the back. It'll be comparable to the Cougars can't win an NCAA tournament game. Oh, my goodness. It's been 17 years. Jimmer Fredette finally got Dave Rosen, BYU, into the second round of the NCAA tournament after almost two decades. I feel like it'll be... That kind of relief even more, though, because it's football and football is king, and it's Utah. We'll talk about a 10-plus win season with BYU if they win. We'll talk about BYU potentially going 3-1 and in September. We'll talk about um, Tennessee not being a a must-win. If BYU – okay, is there anything else if BYU wins? If BYU beats Tennessee – Utah, and then they beat Tennessee. They're ranked in the top twenty. Yes, that's so. There, there are some amazing ramifications. BYU will receive votes in the top yeah. twenty-five if they beat Utah. And maybe we won't hear about the competitive nature of this rivalry. If BYU <laughs> loses, if BYU loses, then what? If BYU loses, status quo. It's nine in a row. Oh. It stinks. You have to deal with Utah fans telling BYU fans for another year that it continues. 
The talent gap is widening. It's not competitive. All of that rhetoric will continue for at least another year, which is just I, its hard for me to wrap my mind around yeah. that. the sanity of collective BYU fans dealing with that for the, another it, year. It'd become insanity. Yikes. I think it is insanity. We're all kind of a little crazy right now. Everyone's like a little desperate. I, I asked a group of friends like, hey, would you lose a piece of your finger or toe if you could win tonight? And everybody said yes. <laughs> We're like really, really, really desperate, right? Like everyone's willing to Ronnie Lott themselves um, to victory. I believe I, them too. I believe these people. Yes. Like they would legitimately chop off the tip of their pinky. Like, yeah. I would never do a finger. I would do toes. Okay. Like a little bit of a toe. It's just when I'm swimming or wearing sandals. It's okay. There's some people that are so desperate they yeah. lose an entire digit. Yeah, it's okay. I just take, just chop it off. Okay, if, if BYU lose tonight, sports depression, right? Yes. It's going to be a long night either way. Yes. Um, Tennessee becomes a have-to-win game. Much more important. And confidence really takes a hit, right? Because uh, the first four are tough. So BYU's got to win this game. Not only then the streak, but it set themselves up for a season that could be nice. There's some seniors that matter on this team. And it'd be nice if, uh, if Tyson Williams is a boss and Zach Wilson as a sophomore can have the kind of season that Max Hall had, right, where he, Max comes in and makes this uh, immediate impact as a sophomore, first-time starter. Zach's got a head start. Last year we were like, oh, it'd be nice if Zach Wilson could play a little bit to get ready for Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington. Well, I think he's ready. Outside of the rivalry emotion, Utah's supposed to win. There's nothing else. Congratulations. Utah's supposed to win. BYU's not supposed to win this game. So outside of the state of Utah and the rivalry itself, if you're just an outsider, well, Utah's supposed to win. So congratulations. BYU's not supposed to I will to not win congratulate them. I, I will have poor sportsmanship. I don't, I'll just be quiet. How about that? Jerem, which player, which individual player on either team as we push to topic three? will have the greatest impact on the outcome of tonight's rivalry contest. The homer pick would be Zach Wilson, in my opinion. But the actual pick, to me, is quarterback Tyler Huntley of Utah. If Tyler Huntley can beat BYU with his arm, Utah will win the game. Elias Tuiaki said on Coordinator's Corner Monday, we're going to need to get pressure with three sometimes, meaning BYU's going to drop eight. They're going to have four linebackers, four in the secondary. Maybe they pay, play some nickel, three backers, five in the secondary. If Tyler Huntley can beat BYU with his arm, BYU's in trouble. Huntley is also uh, good at escaping the pocket and running. He ran a lot as a sophomore in this game in 2017 in a 2013 win against BYU. I think he has a major impact. I think Zach Moss could be the answer to this question as well. He's back. He, he missed the last, what, four games for Utah, and they lost two of them and almost lost three of them. I think he's a big deal as well. The combination of Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss, I agree with you. I think those two players combined will have the greatest impact, but this is about an individual. And because Tyler Huntley has Zach Moss with him, I don't think he's going to be asked to do as much individually, especially because this is going to be the first game and the first time he takes a hit since he snapped his collarbone. So there will be some uh, acclimation mentally for him, and I don't think that they're going to rely on him solely, individually, early in this game. I think it's going to be quick passes, a lot of handoffs to the running backs, notably Zach Moss. So for me, I guess I'm going with, in your mind, the homer pick. I think BYU needs to rely on Zach Wilson more than Utah needs to rely on Tyler Huntley to get this win. And I think Zach Wilson is going to have the greatest impact on whether or not BYU ends the streak or it continues to nine wins in a row for Utah. Just because I think more depends on him. I think he's going to be asked to do more tonight in game number one, especially throwing the ball. I think BYU is going to throw the ball a lot tonight. We both have the wrong answer. 
It's Jake Oldroyd. It's Jake Oldroyd? Jake Oldroyd is kicker. Could be the guy, too, right? Uh, BYU feels like they have the advantage in special teams. Because of the unknown of Andrew Strau, the grad transfer from UCLA kicker for Utah, replacing Matt Gay, who's with the Bucks. Andrew Strau has, has connected on one field goal in his entire college football career. That's it? Wow. Yes. And Ben Lemon, uh, an Australian punter who they hope is the next version of Tom Hackett and Mitch Wishnowski, right? Those guys are absolutely unproven. Jake Olderoyd is unproven as a punter in a game. But he's proven as a kicker. Nails a 45-yarder against Utah. Obviously, the uh, what was it, 33-yarder against Arizona to win in 2016. So he's made a couple. He needs to make more. He's only made three field goals, I guess, for Jake Oldroyd. So we're putting a lot of stock in that. But um, I, I think the special teams battle will be interesting, too. Utah's always won this part of this game. Always. The last 10 years or whatever during this streak. And it hasn't been close. And it hasn't been close. Although, last year, uh, BYU blocked a field goal. Uh, muffed a punt, and shanked a punt. That led to short fields for BYU. That really mattered in BYU going up 20. All right. How confident are you BYU will beat Utah tonight in the 2019 edition of the BYU-Utah rivalry, the 94th meeting all time? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Utah Brad in on Instagram. Don't wait, let his Twitter handle fool you. Yeah, wait a minute. BYU has the bodies to hang with Utah for all four quarters. Last year, they did not. I am confident BYU will win. I'm interested at linebacker to feel that way a little more because BYU lost Isaiah Kafusi and Michael Shelton and Corbin Kafusi, and it was tough, right? You were playing some young guys in the middle. BYU didn't have a good, uh, good run game after Matt Hadley got hurt as well. I think BYU has more depth at running back. And Matt Hadley was the fourth-string running back for yeah. that matter. It was, he had a nice game, and it was a bummer when he went out. You and I watched a quick version of that game yesterday just to remind ourselves of what happened. It was a little painful. Uh, a little? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coming up, in an effort to bring back the spirit of 09, the leading tackler in that game, Brandon Bradley will join us. Plus, has Max Hall verbally headbutted any offensive lineman lately? We're going to find out. How does he feel on game day? This is BYU Sports Nation. Maybe literally. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight for a special two-hour edition of Countdown to Kickoff on BYU TV as Dave Blaine, Spencer, David, Brian, and Lauren prepare you for the season opener between the Cougars and Utes. Tonight, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on BYU TV. We will watch the entire Cougar Walk. The National Anthem, warm-ups, tons of features. Zach Wilson, sit-down, Kalani, and Kyle. Uh, it's going to be awesome. For those watching on BYU TV, just take in this scenery. For those on the radio, describe For those it. on radio, the green grass is perfectly manicured. They're painting the numerals right now. Fresh coat. It's beautiful, sunny day. It's going to be a little warm. It's getting a little warm, but... This is, the, it's game day. Oh, they're doing the blue outline. That's what they're oh, doing. Oh, baby. And it's royal blue around white oh, on the numbers on the field. Those those jeans are sacred, man. They have the royal blue paint on them. That's fantastic. We are live at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We welcome in now the last quarterback to beat Utah. Winning as quarterback in BYU history, Max Hall on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. It's game day. Max, welcome back to the show. What's up, guys? It's about time you call me. Right? Hey, what is? To- I've been pacing around my living room all morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what is today like? Game day against Utah as a BYU player. 
Well, I, I tell you what, I woke up this morning the same day I woke up about 10 years ago. All right? I woke up in beast mode. Okay? I woke up, I was actually hovering over my bed. I think I was levitating. I had a helmet on, <laughs> chin-strip buckles. There were, there were Ty Detmer highlights going on the TV. I don't even know how it all got there, but I was ready to go. <laughs> will, you, will you describe 10 years ago that game and, and what it took to win and emotionally what you were like? Because Riley Nelson told us yesterday that you were, you were you a joke during games, but in this game you, you were very serious. You were very dialed in. Yeah, Riley would know, too. I saw some of that interview. Yeah, I was, I was uh, pretty intense, man, on game day, especially in this game. It just... Um, it meant a lot to me, and I, I think I just I played better when I was locked in, focused in. I almost I played better when I was a little bit mad and, and really intense like that. That's just kind of how I was. So just finding how to get into that zone and ultra-locked in and focused, uh, you know, <laughs> that's how I was. So I might have come off a little, little bit of a jerk to some of the other guys, but I was just ready to go win. Max Hall with us on BYU Sports Nation. What advice would you give to Zach Wilson on a day like today? Man, he just he, he needs to kind of just uh, enjoy the moment a little bit, not not make it too much bigger than what it is. Enjoy the moment, and just go just go ball out, man. You know, I've been on some other shows and stuff, and everybody's asking what what, what are the keys to the game? What do we got to do to win this and that? Man, you just got to go execute and go play. Have fun, enjoy the moment, lead your guys out there, and go play. And I don't, in this game, too many things can happen for you to overthink everything you know it's going to be the team who can execute and make big plays is going to win the game and zach has the potential to do that so just relax whatever you got to do to get in your beast mode zach do it and go play and win i think we all take a lot of confidence from the bowl game he had of course but i take more Uh confidence in the performance from the game before max he was 20 of 29 204 rushed for 73 yards against utah that defense of Utah's really good, yet this true freshman went in there where perhaps he was extremely comfortable because he was a fan sitting in the stands for so long, but he had a great game in that game. How do you feel like that could translate into tonight? Well, I think that gives him a lot of confidence going into the game. That Hey, last year against these guys, I, I had a great game. You know, that's a very efficient game that he had, and he looked really good, and there was an energy when he was in the game. Um, I think he needs to feed off that and remember that take that momentum going into this one and i think we could see some of the same results we've been asking uh our social media friends across BYU sports nation to chime in here and those that are listening and watching about the confidence level they have tonight for byu against utah so max how would you explain your confidence level that byu can actually pull this thing off tonight actually i always got a high confidence in the cougs man come on Uh, this is this is this is a great opportunity for us to start the season against utah and um, I, th- I think, you know, it being the first game of the year, there's just – who knows what could happen. You know, both teams, I think, are going to make mistakes because it's early, but it's going to be the team, um, at, like I said, that can execute the end of the game. So I'm very confident. I like our team this year. I like our quarterback. You know, I'm picking the Cougs. How awesome is it that Utah is being hyped at this level? Because if BYU wins this game, it just it just wrecks the beginning of it. I – Personally, I, I think Spencer, yes. too, just love it because it's going to be hard to live up to the hype when Lee Corso says, yeah, you're going to beat Clemson and play Alabama for the <laughs> ship? Are you serious? 
I love I love that Lee Corso said that because he is never right. That guy is never right ever. I don't know what's wrong with that guy. Maybe he gets paid to be wrong. I don't know, but I know whenever Lee Corso was picking our games, I, I was just please pick the other team, please pick the other team because he ain't never right. So I love that they're hyping him up. I love that they're picking him to win the Pac-12 and whatever, go win a national championship because we're ready about to go in and wreck their season today. Max Hall with us on BYU Sports Nation. Max, which team do you feel like is uh, feeling more pressure to win this game and why? Um, I actually, you know, I think Utah. With, with all this hype and, and everything that's going on and all these expectations for the season, um, I definitely think it's Utah because, like you said, if they lose this game, that wrecks all of that. I, don't, I think if, 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 if BYU lose, it doesn't necessarily wreck our season. You know, obviously our losing streak to them gets one more. Uh, but I think Utah's feeling the pressure, and BYU just needs to go out and just play and just wreck their season, man. I'm looking forward to it. With that said, what would a win mean to BYU tonight, in your opinion? Uh, I think it'd be, well, not only a huge start to the season, but finally breaking that streak against them is huge. I think it's huge for the fan base. Um, confidence going through the rest of the season. I mean, it's just, it's a big game. I mean, who are we kidding ourselves? I mean, this is this is big time. And I think whatever team wins this game is just, I think it's going to propel them the rest of the season as we go along. So, I mean, it's big. It's big for everybody. We want to beat these guys. It's been too long. And more, more than just the rest of the season, anything, we need to beat Utah. It's about time. So let's get it done. As far as advantages go, and we all dig into the position-by-position position matchup and where does BYU have advantages? Where does Utah have advantages? In your opinion, where does BYU have the biggest advantage in tonight's matchup? Uh, see, that, that's where I'm kind of like, hey, everybody, we're, we're nitpicking this whole thing. Okay, this player, this position, this advantage here, whatever. It doesn't matter, in my opinion. It doesn't matter. It's BYU versus Utah. Anything can happen. It's going to be the guys that can just step up and go win the dang game. So I, I'm not overanalyzing anything. I don't think BYU should overthink it. Man, it's BYU-Utah. We have to go out and lock arms and take it to these guys. It's going to be the team that can execute and who wants it more, and that's what I keep telling everybody. Like, I'm not going to nitpick it. Who wants it more? Who's going to go get it? And hopefully that's us tonight. Let's rewind to 2009 and uh, on right before the play to Andrew George that won the game. So, BYU is one play away from ending the game. If BYU turns it over, I think it's over, right? Because we were second. Yeah, BYU turns it over, it's over. If you score a touchdown, you win. Describe to us kind of the what went through your mind and what uh, happened on that final play to Andrew George. Yeah, the play was spread right. We just called it fifty-six. It was kind of a little, uh, kind of a little, kind of a stick play by the inside tight end. And um, based on the look I got, I kind of, I looked over at Andrew and I gave him. You know, like the signal for, like, west side, you know, the W? Yes. So that, that was kind of the signal I gave him, and, and uh, that, that gave him kind of a double move. So he kind of stuck to go run the out route, and then he pivoted back inside. So he beat the outside defender, but they were in, like, a match man coverage. So the safety was coming down to play him on the inside. So he stuck the receiver outside, came back in, and then I was able to just fit it to him right before the safety was able to come down to him to make the play. And then the best part about it is he caught it and he split the two and they ended up running in. The two defenders ran into each other, and that's when he just ran free right down the middle of the field. So it, it was a route that we had worked on 
all the time in practice, and I was able to get the ball out on time, and Andrew ran a great route and then split him, went for a touchdown. So 56 with a little West Side W tag on it. So you changed his route before the play, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, because the the if I remember correctly, it's been a long time, but um, what I remember is that the defender over him was playing a little bit of outside leverage, so I knew the outside breaking route wasn't going to work, so I gave him the signal to kind of take a step out and then pivot back inside um, uh, just based off the look we got. So he saw it, too. He looked at me. He knew. He nodded and then executed it perfectly. His chin strap wasn't even on, by the way. <laughs> he don't need a chin strap. He's Andrew George. Man. He never had a chin strap on. He, he can fly to New Mexico and have, like, two touchdown catches the day he has a baby or something, too, right? Exactly. That was he wild. never wore a chin strap, and Dennis never wore his helmet in the game. So I mean, <laughs> you know? Did, did you jump on the pile? that uh, happened in the end zone uh, after? Yes, and I thought I was going to die. I seriously <laughs> thought seriously? I was going to die. Scary. There was about 30 people in that pile, and somehow I ended up on the bottom of it, and I couldn't move. I was get, I was literally getting crushed. I was already out of breath from sprinting down to the end zone. I, I couldn't breathe, but somehow, <laughs> I can't remember who, but I started screaming like, help, get me out of here. <laughs> Someone grabbed me and yanked me out of the bottom of it. And then before I know it, as soon as I got yanked out of the bottom of it, somebody else grabbed me and threw me up in the air, and then I'm riding a sort of crowd surf all around. So it started anyway, from the bottom. It, it started from the bottom. <laughs> it started from the bottom. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Max, all with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, besides the game-winning touchdown pass to Andrew George in 2009, what's your favorite memory from this BYU-Utah rivalry? Uh, as far as when I was playing or anything? You can go anywhere you want with this. When you were playing or when you were watching, just an overall favorite memory from the rivalry. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll give you two. So my sophomore year, obviously the 4th and 18 play. And what was so cool about that is, um, you know, 4th and 18, I looked over to the sideline to Coach and I, and I could just kind of see the disgust on his face. And I'm, like, looking at him like, hey, Coach, give me a play here. And all he did was signal me a route, which was a go route. He didn't give me a formation. He didn't give me a play. He just signaled me a go route. So I said, all right, well, I'll do this. So I, I called Trips right. I called Trips right, and then I did call a four-vert play. So pretty much everybody go deep. But I gave Austin a, a stutter on the outside. And what was kind of cool about this play is as I took my drop, uh, the right end uh, defensive end came up field, and I had to step up hard and get out of the pocket. Right as I was stepping up to get out of the pocket, Austin was running his stutter before he went on his go. And I think between me getting up out of the pocket, Austin running his stutter, the corner bit hard. So he came down hard. I got out. Austin went right by him. And then I just threw the thing. I had a, I had a separated shoulder, throwing shoulder. I felt like I threw that thing as hard as I could. It probably went about 35 yards. And uh, it just, it just, Austin was open and he caught it. We moved on. But I just, that play, after that play, was the loudest I've ever felt that stadium be as far as me being there as a player. Like, it was crazy how loud it was. It almost felt like the whole place was shaking. Like, it was nuts. So that, that was a great memory. And then the year before, you know, the famous uh, Beck to Harleen play, I was, um, I was on the team, but I was ineligible because of the transfer, so I didn't travel with the team. I didn't even have a ticket to the game. So I actually <laughs> snuck into the game at Utah. I snuck into that game. And uh, I, I didn't get in until probably close to the second half, but I found my way in. I found some seats. 
and I'm sitting there in the midst of these Utah fans, and um, I'm watching it, and then the play happens where John Beck throws the pass back to Johnny Harleen for the touchdown to win the game, and I'm going nuts in the middle <laughs> of the Utah section. And nobody knows who I am, nobody knows anything, and I'm just giving it to all these Utah fans. And they're like, who is this guy? They're looking at me, and I'm just like, that was my first experience at a BYU-Utah game when John threw that ball to Harleen. So that, that was pretty cool. That was a fun memory because I could say and do whatever I want because nobody knew who I was. So I was just lighting everybody up. It was pretty cool. <laughs> they wouldn't know soon enough. <laughs> yeah. They you, would know. You stole happiness th- uh, from them uh, shortly thereafter in 2007 and 2009. Max, great to catch up with you, man. We know you're in beast mode. We'll try and make sure Riley Nelson <laughs> is in beast mode as he opens up his uh, radio career with Greg Rebell as well. Oh, yeah, I'm happy for Riley. It's going to be fun. Listen, he's perfect for that job, man. Riley's a great dude. Fantastic. All right, Max. Hashtag Beat Utah. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Max. Let's go get it. Thanks, guys. You got it. Max Hall on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. His blood pressure is, like, so high right now, (laughs) which is awesome. Coming up, ESPN's Ahmad Brooks on what matchups to watch tonight. But next, Brandon Bradley. Led the team in tackles on that 2009 win. Can he help us somehow create enough karma to take down this streak? Yes is the answer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yes is the answer. There's just a lot of can't say I, I can't say animosity, but I want to say animosity. There's just a lot. There's just a lot of emotions there that I can't pick one out. I think for one of our games, probably the most emotional of, of all of them. 94th edition of BYU-Utah set for tonight. That's according to us. At Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Utah feels like there were six games played in the 1890s. Because and BYU it was lost all Brigham of them. Young Academy. Yeah. So they say it's the 100th meeting today. We do not. Isn't that funny? We can't even agree no. on how many games we played. Perfect. <laughs> it's perfect for the rivals. They're like, this is the second season opener. We're like, no, it's the first. Well, I hope the 100th in their mind is one to remember for BYU. Yes, let's go. <laughs> 1894, who cares? Joining us now on set is Brandon Bradley, who led BYU in tackles in 2009 in that win against Utah. Brandon, I know that that What's was up, a What's tremendous up? win. I'm good. And I'm it's good. great to have those positive vibes from that game within you here with us on set today. So thank you for joining us to help us exercise the demons. No problem. It's always a pleasure to be here with you guys. We're getting three members of the 09 team on. We just had Max on. And oh, yeah. I saw that. The 09 team to try and summon a win, right? That's a good plan. Right? That's right. a great plan. Should we still have Dennis on or no? He might be afraid to come since I've been up here. He's a little nervous. He can't top this? Nah, he can't. He can't. Describe to us um, what that game meant to you guys at the time and then what you feel now that that's the last win. Like, it's pathetic, right? But you guys were the last guys to do it. Well, it feels good to be able to say that, you know, and I try to bring it up as much as I can. I wish it wasn't true. (laughs) I agree. I do. I wish it wasn't true. Um, It meant a lot to us. I, I feel like this game itself, no matter the year, no matter what the past has, has shown. It's always an exciting game. It always means a lot to both programs. So getting a W in this game is important. You know, it plays a big part being the first game of the season to possibly how the rest of the season turns out. So Now, for the record, I don't think you should ever have recorded a loss against Utah in your BYU career because your knee was down <laughs> in 2010, Brandon. There's it was no down. Question. It was true. I, I was down. There's no question. Knee, hip, thigh. Elbow. 
<laughs> How much oh, damn. Well, right. You only needed one of those. I only needed one, but I had a couple of them. Should be a seven-game losing streak. Dang it. Maybe I should have just went down. I was pretty determined to score. You had seen Gennaro Guilford no one try and house one, even though he should have gone down too. And that was the issue, right? <laughs> that was. He rubbed off on me. Yeah. <laughs> You be the judge, those watching at home. Was Brandon Bradley's knee down in 2000? No, 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 no. This isn't a discussion. Our audience agrees his knee was down, right? Down. Come on. Come on. Down. Come on. down. Andrew George blocking. Nice. Down. Yeah, that's great. All right. What is today like, game day against Utah, as a BYU player? I feel like um, for most players, it's butterflies. Um, there's always some nervousness, excitement, a lot of emotions. Um and you can't help but wonder what the outcome would be. I don't think you can avoid that as much as you're told not to, but it plays and plays and plays. And I think for most of those players, they think, you know, what's going to be my role in today's game? You know, what happens if this happens? Will I have the opportunity to to make, to make leave my mark on the game? Um, so it's just a lot, a lot going through your head, a lot going through your head on top of it being the rivalry. How do you, you know? keep it simple where you have to do your job yet uh, this means so much to so many people. This is a packed house, and uh, it, it really matters. I think when the, the game starts and you're on the field, you have to forget everything, right? Did, did the, you when the game starts? Yeah, most definitely. Okay. Most definitely. You have to forget about the fans. You have to forget about what's been said in the media. You have to forget about what may be riding on this game, and you just got to play the game of football. you prepared for weeks, right? You've watched film, you've had walkthroughs, you've done everything. Now it's time to, to play the game, and you just have to block everything else everything else out and play the game. Once you get in between those white lines, it's, it's game on. Is that easy once you get out there, or, or is it hard? Did you have to try to do that? or did it? I think it depends you? on the person. For me, it was easy. You know, I grew up in the South where football is big, and people talk, and people yell, and people scream, so you kind of get accustomed to it. Um, but if that setting is not familiar to you, it can be difficult to, to learn how to block it out. But for me, it was, it was cool. Brandon, you understand rivalries better than most. I mean, you mentioned you grew up in the South. Florida, you know Florida, Florida State, what that's all about. <laughs> SEC rivalries. Miami and the whole deal. Right. Holy cow. Now right. BYU, the Utah. actual you. Yeah. Right. In your you. mind, having been around the BYU-Utah rivalry for so long now, how does this rivalry stack up against some of the more severe rivalries across the country? I think people would be surprised how how intense the BYU Utah rivalry is in comparison to others. Um, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of history, religious history. <laughs> it's unique that way. Yeah, it is. It is unique that way. Religion plays um, a role, right? And that yeah. that plays a part in it. And it can get pretty intense, you know, between the two sides. And I think a lot of people who haven't experienced it won't see it that way. They just think, oh, it's BYU, it's Utah. Whoop de do, you know, same team. Same it has state. a great nickname, You're though. Right. One that is not sanctioned by right. BYU. They don't want to call it that, but people know it as the Holy the War. The Holy War. Which is really interesting, right? Right. But I think, yeah, I think it, it ranks up there pretty high, honestly. Yeah. Let's talk about the secondary, your specialty. Okay. Uh, BYU's got Austin Lee coming back. Dine Gonwoloku is now a cornerback. Some big injuries. Uh, we don't know when they'll come back with Troy right. Warner and Chris Wilcox. How would you evaluate that group for BYU? I like them. Um, I've, I've been around most of them quite a bit, um, and I see a desire to to be great, right? They all want to be great. They all are willing to put in the work to to be the best that they can be, which is valuable. Um, and that position itself at BYU is hard to find those guys that can 
that have all those qualities and that can excel on the football field. So I'm excited about them, even though there may be a few injuries here and there. Um, the Nucleus, Diane, Austin, um, you know, D'Lo, I think there's a good group that can that can stand out and make some plays for us if everyone's locked in together. So, Who are some of those younger guys who may have an impact? We saw a little bit last year, like you mentioned, D'Angelo Mandel and Isaiah Heron and maybe even George Udo and Dimitri Gallo and those guys. Right. Um, D'Lo, most definitely. Isaiah, I think, is going to have to mature quite a bit this year. He's going to need to be in the rotation. Um, I think Jamal Willis will have opportunity to be on the field. Jamal Willis' son. Yeah, Jamal awesome. Willis' son as yep. well. Um, and Gallo, I didn't, I didn't get to see him much during during fall. Kind of came late in the game, him, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see him. From what I hear, I think he has a lot of qualities that would be beneficial for our secondary and for our team. So I'm just excited to see those guys get in the the line of fire and, and see how they perform. Former BYU defensive back Brandon Bradley with us on BYU Sports Nation led the Cougars with 11 tackles during the last victory BYU had against Utah in 2009. What kind of game do you expect or game plan do you expect from the BYU defense overall? Because I'm getting the impression, having listened to Elisa Tuiaki on Coordinator's Corner and having some conversations with the coaches, this is kind of going to be a bend-don't-break approach from BYU tonight against Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss. Right. I, I, I kind of agree with that approach. Utah's never had a great offense where they'll drive, 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 and score, Right. I think with that approach, you put them in a position that they have to be flawless in order to put points on the board. You contain all the big plays and force them to be perfect, to make completion after completion, first down after first down. I think you give yourself a pretty good chance to, to win this game um, by putting the pressure on their offense to score. A lot of offenses can't do that. They want to score quick, right? They end up getting behind the chains. It's third down. Now we punt. So I think it's a, it's a good approach if that's the – the approach that he ends up taking. Brandon, as we say goodbye to you, do you quickly have a favorite memory from this rivalry game? Um, that's hard. There's so many memories. It's such a fun game. But obviously, I would have to be biased and say the win in 2009. Sure. Right? Um, intense game, fun game. Came down to the wire. We walked away with a W. So I don't know if you can have a better memory than that. It <laughs> was, was a great day. Great to talk to you, man. Anytime. Glad to be here, Okay, fellas. thanks, B. Good yep. to see you. Coming up, ESPN's Ahmad Brooks on the Cougar Advantages tonight. And we're going to nitpick this game unlike Max Hall. Specifically. He doesn't want to nitpick it. That's our job. With the offensive matchups in tonight's game between BYU and Utah, who has the advantage? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, get ready for kickoff with Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio with Jason Shepard, Gregor Bell, Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Jurgens as they broadcast live from Cougar Canyon starting at 8.15 Eastern, 5.15 Pacific on BYU Radio and the app. And unfortunately, in our graphic, Jason Shepard was cut out. Welcome back to a game day edition of BYU Sports Nation. It's been too long. BYU and Utah will meet tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and we spoke with Max Hall. We joked before the break that we're going to be in the nitty-gritty, and we're going to break down these position advantages, specifically on the offensive side, Jerem, of which team has 
the greater advantage. Let's start with quarterbacks. Utah Tyler Huntley, BYU Zach Wilson. Who has the quarterback advantage? Tyler, Tyler Huntley is the advantage, but it's by here. We think that Zach Wilson's going to make a leap based on what he did last year in the Utah game and the Western Michigan game. If it's that Zach Wilson, then perhaps it's Zach Wilson. But body of work, to me, it's Tyler Huntley right now by a here over Zach Wilson. It's hard not to go with the senior leadership and experience that Tyler Huntley will bring. And he's been in this rivalry game and situations like this more so than Zach Wilson. And he has a win in this stadium in this rivalry game. Yeah, 2017. Didn't play in last year's, right? So, not uh, well, they have a similar amount of experience in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I like Tyler Huntley's senior leadership, just giving him an advantage over Zach Wilson. Okay, now to the running backs. Utah has first-team all-Pac-12 preseason pick. He was a second-teamer at Utah previously, Zach Moss. He comes in with a cast on his hand or some sort of protective covering on his hand. I doubt he has it in the game. How much will that impact him tonight, and does Utah still have a clear advantage against BYU and Tyson Williams? Yes, Tyson Williams is a little unproven. He's been a little banged up at South Carolina. We think that he can be good, but Zach Moss is clearly the better running back in this moment, right? Neither guy played in the game last year. Tyson Williams wasn't even here. It's Zach Moss. He's really good. If BYU can contain him to some degree, they've got a, a good chance to win. It would be silly to pick against Zach Moss here because of his body of work, his resume, what he's, he's good. done. Yeah. He's an NFL back. He's going to be an NFL draft pick, for crying out loud. He probably would have left had he stayed healthy. Who yeah, knows? Yes. But he might not even be in this game had he not uh, messed up his uh, knee. And now, now he's got the hand injury. We'll see what role it plays. Now to the wide receivers. Britton Covey is back. There is some question as to how healthy he is for Utah. After that, it's Fully cleared medically. A bunch of guys that haven't really put together impressive resumes for BYU. I disagree a little bit there. It is... This combination of three seniors, two sophomores, but nobody that really stands out statistically on that end. So who has the advantage? I like, uh, I like uh, obviously, Britton Covey. Uh, Samson Nakua had five touchdowns uh, last year. They had three or four guys that had more yards than anybody for BYU. I think Utah has the better wide receiver group. Yet I think we're going to find with a better quarterback and better line play for BYU that those receivers will be better as well. you got to throw the ball for the receiver to do something. I think BYU had good quarterback play from Tanner Mangum for about a year and a half. I think this is closer to a tie than anything else. I would put what BYU has on the wide receiver line up against what Utah will bring bring back, specifically in game number one. Yeah, the Utes have Damari Simpkins, and I like Samson Nakua. COC Mariner transferred to Utah State. They just don't seem to have the juice. They certainly don't have a Darren Carrington-type receiver that they brought into this game in 2017. They they don't have that, but against a tougher schedule, their receivers had way better stats. I like Talon Shumway, Levi Hifo, Micah Simon, Gunnar Run. I think BYU has better receivers than they've had in a while. So they're, well, they're, the, impr- they're the same improved. guys. Yeah. They're progressing. But they had they a quarterback don't. that didn't throw them the ball is yeah, my point. I mentioned that. Yeah. It, yeah. Zach Wilson will make those guys look good. Yeah. Absolutely. I think this is a tie. Okay. Now to the tight end position. BYU clearly. Matt Bushman uh, is the, you could argue, the best at his position on the field of anybody on offense for either team. Defensively, I think that some of those D-line refutes are better at their position. But Cole Fotheringham is pretty good. Highest rated, uh, highest graded uh, tight end in the Pac-12, according to Pro Football Focus. Didn't have a ton of uh, catches and yards per se, but when he does, he's pretty good. Matt Bushman has led BYU in receiving the last two years. There's a reason for that, because he's really good. He's an All-American candidate. He's on the Walter Camp Award preseason watch list as one of the 40 best players in college football. That was surprising. I mean, 
<laughs> the juice for Matt Bushman is really high. Okay, now to the offensive line. Utah replacing three starters. BYU bringing back a wealth of experience, but they're still young. Yeah, it's it's BYU. I think BYU is better. They returned four starters, seven of the eight. Back the, a team that out-physicaled Wisconsin at Camp Randall. That's a big deal. Also, BYU was better on the O-line than Utah in this game last year. Utah did a nice job with 28 unanswered, of course, but... Two returning starters for Utah, replacing three dudes, playing a freshman. I think BYU's ready to be really good on the O-line. And look at the height, 6'6", 6'7", 6'4", 6'5", 6'8". BYU has a monster O-line. The beasts are back at BYU. Yes. It was and this way for a very long Ty time. Ty Detmer was trying to bring these guys in. Here we are three years later. As was Mike Empey. I mean, this is they have combined in this effort along with the current coaching staff, the way that things have been recruited. Okay, those are your offensive line position matchups. Jeremy and I agree. Offensive line, tight end. Advantage BYU. Pretty much everything else goes towards Utah. Coming out, where does the BYU-Utah rivalry fit on the national landscape? We'll ask ESPN's Ahmad Brooks. Plus, coming up in the next hour, we bring back going for two. Our picks, our head-to-head competition. We're ready to go. This is BYU Sports Nation live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I think it's a long tradition that's lived ever since I was a little kid. And, um, you know, you know, reminiscing after the game, it was crazy to think I was sitting in the stands just the year before, and, you know, I couldn't have told my, I wouldn't have been any money that, you know, in, in a year I'll be sitting right there and, you know, 30 yards in front of me. My, how quickly things can change. We welcome you back to a two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Shout-out to our first-hour guest, Max Hall, Brandon Bradley. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Stay tuned for hour number two, free BYUSN. <laughs> ESPN's Ahmad Brooks, Dennis Pitta, the rivalry according to Kalani Sataki, and who wins each position matchup defensively. This is all-day BYU football, it feels like. Yes, it is. I mean, it's it's incredible stuff as we look forward to Countdown to Kickoff, two-hour special. And as you mentioned, Ahmad Brooks coming up. Set countdown to Kickoff tonight, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific, I should say. Why don't we throw on all time zones? 7 Central. We're doing Hawaii as well. <laughs> and the BYU Minus radio coverage will start 15 minutes after that. But, I, I mean, we just, we're thrilled to be here. This is such a unique, special opportunity to be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yes. Because as you said off the top of the show, it only happens six times a year. It's uh, it's special, and it's a beautiful day. The football gods have blessed us this day to have sunshine, to have wonderful weather. It's a little warm. Okay, they're spraying on the white now. Remember how we talked about the Royal Trim? Oh, yeah. They're putting an extra coat of white at midfield. This is awesome. We've got a great second hour coming up for you. And tonight, I mean, the, the, the countdown's on, right? Until we're how many hours away? Eight, nine hours away from this game? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The first season opener ever with Utah, I, you according feel, to BYU. You feeling the juice? I have been all day, man. I, wa- <laughs> I walked in, I was like, here we are. Let's we're, go, baby. We're beast mode like Max Hall. Stay tuned. Coming up, ESPN's Ahmad Brooks, Dennis Pitta. We've got time for him in hour number two because it's a two-hour show. Maybe both of our arms look like one Max Hall arm, right? Hour two, right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, hour number two, your day-to-day play-by-play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is game day. 
Rivalry Day. We made it. August 29th, wherever and however you're connected, it's been great to have you with us. For those of you that are just joining us, hey, let's go, baby. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with 2009 BYU football expert Jerem Jordan. We're trying to exercise the demons. We brought on Max Hall. We brought on Brad and Bradley, Brandon Bradley. Dennis wasn't good enough to make the first hour, but we're going to bring him in in the second hour. Okay. And we have great guests set up in the second hour. I cannot wait. Um, super stoked. And if we have to have Dennis on, it's a good thing we have two hours. Yes. Hour number two featuring the aforementioned Super Bowl champion, Dennis Pitta. That happened. The yeah. winningest tight end in BYU football according history. According to we him. Think, we think according that's to according him. to him. Yeah, come on. Going for two picks. And <laughs> our next guest, Ahmad Brooks, former University of Texas captain, NFL veteran, ESPN color analyst tonight for the rivalry game. Ahmad, welcome up, to Ahmad? LaBelle Edwards Stadium. I'm just glad to be out of the Texas heat. <laughs> I mean, and uh, you the know, the, the, the mountains, the backdrop, the footsteps of the mountains, uh, this is one of the most beautiful places. I had heard a lot about it prior to coming here last year for the Hawaii game, and, and I appreciate you guys welcoming me on the show. And I, I'm kind of excited. I, 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 I might – Form tackle, Jerem, here in a second. I'm kind of feeling like it. Say something I don't like. I will form tackle. That will happen. I'm still mad about y'all putting it on my my Longhorns, too. So Just don't mention Taysom Hill. Like you just did. No doubt. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Nightmares about that. Nightmares. There are are Texas players that still tweet like, well, at least it's not Texas version of it. And he's doing okay with the Saints. He's doing uh, some good yeah. Stuff, well, right? and, you know, the thing is, he was a great athlete. You know, so I think I think sometimes that that was a very bad defense for Texas. But I think when you look at what he's been able to do, you know, sticking in the NFL, he's a great athlete. We knew that. Um, but those were, you know, Manny Diaz actually got fired here, who's now the head coach of Miami, and Mac Brown had never done anything like that before. And so, I, I as an alum I, and as a former player, I just remember thinking, this is this this is not good. And uh, uh, certainly, you know, some heads fell after that game. So for sure. Ahmad Brooks of ESPN, Texas captain at one point in his life, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. In your preparation for this game, what have you learned about the BYU-Utah rivalry? Uh, it's a lot of hatred, you know, and, and, and I think any rivalry game, right, there's that, that sense of emotion and passion, and, it, and it, has to, it has to invoke something inside of you that, that makes you think about your rivals throughout the, throughout the offseason. Um, but then it's the bragging rights. I got to see them. So, you know, Utah fans are walking around here with their chest out. And, um, you know, very similar to our rivalry with the Aggies uh, there at the University of Texas, you have an Aggie in your family. Don't, I don't care who you are. You know, I mean, for most of y'all, whether you, you support the Cougars or not, you've got a Ute in your family. And, <laughs> My and that, yeah, yeah, You know, exactly. or, or look yes. at the, the star quarterback <laughs> yes. for BYU, Zach Wilson, his entire family. So I think that's what makes the rivalry so intense. And, um, and then I also think that, that this area has great fans. You know, in my, in my time of being here and, and what I've been able to see, they're very loyal to their teams. And, and that also adds to, to the, um, I think, the hype of the game. But, and then I think you have two competitive teams this year, so that now elevates, elevates it to a whole other step. In your preparation for this game, what have you noticed from when you saw Zach Wilson's first start in person here to now? It wasn't until – I don't think anything really stood out on film, it, it, despite him being – perfect in the ball game and and everything that you saw kind of building up to that matchup the reality of it is is it didn't happen until I had an opportunity to talk to him yesterday because you you never really know uh, what a guy is made of you you don't understand um, how he's going to affect his teammates uh, what type of culture and chemistry he will help implement and I asked Kalani yesterday I said you know how much has this guy really impacted the culture and it's it's amazing. And then he walks in and you see this good looking, charming guy walk through the doors and um, so much confidence. I mean, he just oozes confidence. And um, I'm, I'm going to go on record. I, I heard you guys in your prior segment. I was back there 
I, I think the edge here for the quarterback position is goes to Zach Wilson. Really? And, okay. And I, I, I feel very strongly about that. I, I don't know what Huntley's going to do. He's coming off of an injury. I know what I saw Zach Wilson do last year to the Utes. I mean, this kid was incredible with his feet, had some clutch runs um, when things broke down, and broke the pocket from a very dominant defensive line multiple times. We know he can make the big throws. He's got the big arm. But yesterday when talking to this kid, finding out he's the hardest worker, he's pushing his teammates, those are the intangibles you don't really see on film. you know. And we've all seen guys that are good football players but that are jerks in the locker room. He doesn't appear to be that way. And so I, I, think, I think Zach Wilson is a star in the making. And I think for people that, that don't know him, they will know him very soon. And maybe tonight. Maybe tonight he becomes a household name. ESPN color analyst Ahmad Brooks with us on BYU Sports Nation. If it's not Zach Wilson, which player will have the biggest impact on tonight's game? Well, you've got to go to Zach Moss, you know, opposite side, right? And once again, you're, you're questioning his health. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy that's coming back. And I never had a major injury, but having covered, you know, this type of football at this level for a while, when you have those kind of injuries, I don't care how much you practice. I don't care how much pressure they put on you, you know, in game-simulated game situations. It's not like walking out here in front of your rival fans and playing a football game against guys that are trying to take your head off. So is he healthy? You know, we've heard various reports coming out of, out of camp that he's banged up, his hand, and all this other. Look, I, I just want to see him tonight be dominant. There's no question about it when this kid is healthy. Oh. He's the real deal. Yes. And the breakdown, I, I looked, 53% of his yards come on first down. I mean, this kid out over 600 yards on first down. I mean, we're talking – when first down comes, if you're, if you're the Cougars, you better expect him to get the ball. So I think today if they can limit him on his carries there, um, part, particularly his yardage, this is the kind of guy that once he starts going downhill, he gets to rolling, and, he, and he's a really hard player to stop. But I, I definitely think for them, uh, he's the callus. What do you think of BYU's offense under a second-year offensive coordinator and second-year quarterback starter that hopes to be more explosive this year? Well, I, I think I, I like Jeff. I, I, like, I like what he brings. Um, you know, and I thought one thing that he took advantage of in last year's matchup was the shifts, the formations, the motion. There were multiple times on film where I really saw the Utes, they were confused on defense. One particular pass, uh, the play-action touchdown pass in the first half, they didn't know what they were doing. And you could see there was some confusion. Um, I think they'll go back to that. Um, I like the fact that now you have a quarterback and an offense coordinator returning. So now um, in talking to Coach Grimes yesterday, he's going to give Zach more, um, more authority at the line of scrimmage and to be able to manage the game and, and to do some things when, when he sees fit. I think that helps because uh, one thing that he said yesterday, he, said, uh, um, I've, I've, he says, I'm a smarter coordinator when I give quarterbacks options after the snap. And that's – that's a big deal because sometimes coaches don't want to relinquish that power. They want to keep it all. They want to be calling plays from the sideline. That told me that he has full trust in Zach Wilson, but it also tells me that he's starting to understand you don't, you don't, you don't coach good players. You guide them. And, I, and I, think, um, I think more than anything, what's going to help Coach Grimes is going to be Zach Wilson. You more than most understand preseason hype, having played at Texas yeah. and know what that's all. Oh, my goodness. Indeed. It's crazy every year. <laughs> Texas is back. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Right. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. This is kind of uncharted territory for Utah. Highest preseason ranking their program has ever had or enjoyed. They're picked to win the Pac-12. Lee Corso, your buddy oh, at ESPN, wow. says Utah's <laughs> going to be Clemson and playing the national championship. Yeah. We were all had our jaws on the floor. We were like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Go for it. How much stock you put into <laughs> hype potentially being a detriment to Utah tonight and the buildup for this rivalry game? They're the best team in the Pac-12. I, I, don't, I think from uh, my film study, from what I've seen, um, I think 
where you have to start is defensively where they're at. I think they have one of the top defensive lines in the country with three guys that will be playing on Sundays and Mondays. And then you move back into the secondary. I think they've got three established players, guys that um, can make a difference. That alone is going to help them. I personally think they'll win the Pac-12. Now, here's the thing. When you do have that type of hype as a player, it, it's hard sometimes to not to not believe it. And what they've got to be able to do is is focus. And, you know, one of – uh, the Cougar alums is over there. Uh, Kyle Whittingham, I think he does a wonderful job of keeping his players focused and on the next step, not, you know, what's what's going on here, but right here and now. And it's hard to to come to practice every day and to see that, you know, your fans are as hype, you're hearing all these things. You have to stay humble. If they have strong leadership on this team, which is which is what we're being told, I think that's their greatest chance to be able to handle all this hype. But if not – I think at the end of the year, you're going to be looking at a team that was depleted because of all the emotions they had early on and just couldn't sustain it throughout the year. Where do you think BYU has any advantages in this game? Oh, well, number one, I mean, with the way that they dominated, um, a very different, in my opinion, um, Utah team a year ago, and this is how they did it. I think the turnovers early on, the punt where they come back and they score, because Utah comes out, they're three and out. Mm -hmm. You get that punt, you, you get it back, and you punch one in. Um, and from there, they just started rolling. Zach Wilson's ability to beat them with his feet last year was the edge. Uh, that was where they really established the lead early on in the first half and through the third quarter. And, and I think when, when I start to look at, at this game, it doesn't really matter what this defensive line is going to do. They, you know, there are design plays where they, will not, they, will, they won't block a nine. We know in the zone read that's, that's what you're doing. So – it matters to me is who's going to make the key plays. Y'all know this rivalry much more than I do, but in rivalry games, it normally comes down in the fourth quarter. Who's going to be the finisher? This is why I think that Zach Wilson has been thinking about this game all offseason because he can, because it's the first game of the year. You don't have to, oh, I'm worried about my No, you can worry about your rival right now. You could start <laughs> in January. And, in fact, he said he started watching film of this game in January, you know, of the last year's game. And he, he said, said he's watched, watched it thousands of times. Yes, <laughs> over 100 is crazy. I love it. I love yeah. hearing that because those are hard. When you make those kind of plays, the yeah. pick six to your buddy Blackman and things like that, that's hard to do. This is why I think he'll be the difference. I think this kid was built for a stage like this, and when it comes down to the fourth quarter, I think they're going to have edge with his feet. And that's where he has to, he has to know. And I know they're trying to tell him to throw the ball. And, look, if you're an athlete, be an athlete. You know, the thing that stresses out the defense the most is when you can – when plays break down, you make things happen. Those aren't scripted. All right? So – and he does enough of that in his game. ESPN color analyst Ahmad Brooks with us on BYU Sports Nation. How's your uh, pronunciation guide oh for both of Ooh. these teams? You know, the great part about um, – I have a, a wonderful partner in Anish Shroff. I think last year I only heard him mispronounce one name. Anish and is amazing. He is. He really is amazing. That's well, awesome. Well, in BYU's SID department does a great job because they send you out. Uh, there's the audio, which is so helpful because <laughs> – and we write everything on our boards in phonetics because yes. if you write it any other way, it's oh, not happening. Forget about it. <laughs> Especially in the course of the game where you're just glancing down. So normally what happens is I let Anish pronounce it once. <laughs> <laughs> And then I go back, you know, and so, and then last year. It's a veteran (laughs) move. Well, imagine the Hawaii game and BYU game last year. That was the most difficult game we've had. And and, and I think he only got like one name wrong. So I I take Anisha's lead. And then from there, you know, you don't want to call numbers, but it's like, 
I hope he doesn't make a play before Adish calls his name. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, it's very difficult. And but I, I love the the Polynesian you know influence on this game. And and you know and there are some great football players that come from Hawaii Ooh. and just underrated in terms of you could you could argue that Hawaii as as a state is one of the top five producers of talent here recently. It's just based on what they do, but people don't give them enough recognition. Per capita, I would say number one. Oh, no yeah, doubt. Right? I, I totally small, agree. Yeah, totally. Totally agree, yes. And, and technology is interesting because I think BYU uh, and Utah, to a degree, took advantage of this in the 70s and 80s, right? There's a big Polynesian culture right. um, in Utah. And now technology has afforded Tua Tagovailoa to go to Alabama. Indeed. That would have never happened totally 20 or 30 right. years mm-hmm. ago, right? Yeah, and that's what's interesting. And then the thing is, is they play well. And, I mean, and this is a culture that's known for um, epitomizing toughness and, and you know in football you got to have some moxie you got to be able to take a couple beatings and get back up and and that's what this culture is about so I, I'm I've been I've been very impressed and throughout the country every time I see a Polynesian player or one with that influence it's it's hard not to say you know what they're made of and, and most of the times it, you know that normally plays out and and I would think the top three teams and Polynesian players on their roster Two of them are in this game tonight. 100%. I, it's Hawaii yes. and BYU and Utah, so it'll right. be a ton of fun. Yep. Let's focus on the defensive side of the ball because you, of all people, understand the dynamics of a defense, and you talked about that dominant defensive line for Utah with Penasini and Bradley and I and Lucky Fotu. And yeah. They're going to play in the NFL. It yeah. is what it is. BYU feels like they have a guy or two that are going to play in the NFL on the defensive front as well, starting with Kyrus Tonga. What do you think of big number 95 for BYU? Well, I mean, it'd take all four, three of us to move him. <laughs> you know? And he'd have to be sleep for us to do that. I mean, you, you talk about just muscle in the middle of the field. And, and, and any defensive coordinator will tell you when you build your defense, you want to build it right down the middle. And what Tonga brings to this team is uh, he's a pillar, you know, and it's hard to get any of those inside runs. Um, but but that's just not it. You know, his size is one thing that you have to deal with, but he's athletic, you know, and and, and I think when, when you start to, to break that down, I, I, I think you may be seeing um, three of the best defensive tackles when it's all said and done that if you're an NFL scout and you look at, you're watching these guys on film, I mean – I put I'd put him in a three four system right now. I mean he he's he's great. And then I think the way that he's used on defense too really helps his 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 status. So um, I like him a lot I, from what I've seen from him. Um, and I think he's going to give this this Utah offense of line everything they've 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 asked for. Um, they're inexperienced. They're replacing three key starters. Um, I think today could be a big game for him. 20-plus NFL scouts in the house tonight, by the way. Oh, man, that's awesome. I didn't yeah. know that. I'm yeah. going to have to use that. Ahmad, you're one of the co-founders of the HALO Foundation. It stands for Helping Adolescents Athletes Lead Others, and uh, we think that's a fantastic effort you have there. For those that aren't aware of what to what you do, give us a brief explanation. Well, it, it was God sent, you know, and, and frankly for me, um, I've, I've come from a family of givers. My mom's a teacher, an educator, social worker. My dad was always my coach growing up, so I didn't know any different. And so when, when I knew that I had a platform – what was important for me was to, was to teach kids how to, how to become accomplished dreamers. The two things that I know about is football and dreaming. <laughs> um, I accomplished my first dream of playing in the NFL. My second was to work for ESPN. And, and that program is just based on leadership and sports. We feel like each kid can find their own leadership lane. Whether you're involved in athletics or not, that's beyond the point. And so what we try to do is teach kids um, how to find their talents, um, how to put themselves in a position to succeed on and off the field. And and uh, we're just very fortunate. My, my business partner is a guy that I've known for over 30 years. We've been friends since we were four years old. Sometimes I want to strangle him. Um, <laughs> I know that. Other, t- <laughs> no t- other times, you know, I just want to hug him. And, and, you know, we had a moment last week where we were starting our, our I believe, our 10th year in, in, 
you know, just looked at each other and said, man, we're, we're very grateful for what we've been able to do. And it's been a lot of people that have helped us along the way uh, maintain our success. Hey, keep up the great work. It's great to have you on set with us here. Hey, you guys don't show us up, okay? I mean, you already look better than Anish and I, man. Just come on, man. <laughs> Take it easy true. on us, all right? That's not true. All right? We can't see your shoes. Dude, you there, don't have so. a hair out of place, man. Are you kidding me, Jerem? Come on, man. Come on, man. This is, come on. I'm trying to do it. I might get a cut this week. I'm done. I'm done. Hey. I'm, it's toast. All right. Yeah. All right. Hey, thank you guys once Great again. I'm, I'm humbled, man. Thanks thank you. I appreciate you, it. Yes, sir. Named after Ahmad Rashad. That's, uh, that's yeah. awesome. Yes. Yeah. So cool. He's going to form tackle Jerem during the break. So uh, yeah, we'll I'm going to go this portion. way. Yeah, I'm going to backpedal. Yeah. Coming up, it's a two-hour show, so I guess we have to have Dennis Pitt on. Yes. Where does BYU, in his opinion, have an advantage over Utah when it comes to those offensive position groups? This is BYU Sports Nation. I learned how to backpedal from Brian Logan. Fun fact. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, 8 Eastern, special two-hour edition of Countdown to Kickoff as Dave Blaine, Spencer, David, Brian, and Lauren get you ready for the season opener. Watch the Cougar Walk, the National Anthem, and the Jets fly over. Uh, warm-ups on the field, tons of great features, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific tonight. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We are live at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is game day. The rivalry It's game continues. day! Our conversation yeah. is jumping on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation Twitter, Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you want to converse with us and answer our question of the day, which is how confident are you in BYU's ability to beat Utah tonight? At Tyson K. Clark answers on Instagram. If I said anything besides 100%, I wouldn't be a true blue blood. Coog's 100% all day. I am legitimately feeling good about this in spite of Utah being ranked 14th, which may seem against the grain, right? But For, for I, you especially, yes. I, I think BYU is prepared really well. I think that Zach Wilson is going to make a, a jump if you just missed it. Ahmad Brooks of ESPN just said he could maybe become a star in the making tonight, right? He could become a star on this stage, ESPN, Thursday night. Everyone's watching this game tonight. Everybody. It's going to be awesome. Yes. The atmosphere inside the stadium will be electric. And, yeah, the juice outside, wherever you're watching yeah. this game, it's, like, you'll feel it. Like, if the rapture happens, if BYU wins, you may not need that food storage. You've been keeping for a long time. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We broke down the offensive position groups in hour number one. Now it's time we look at the position-by-position position matchups on the defensive side of the ball, starting with the defensive line, Jeremy. And there's no surprise here. Utah in some experts' opinion, have the best defensive line in the entirety of college football. That's where it starts, right? If you can get a push with those three or four guys, uh, Bradley and I, John Penicina, Lecky Fotu, and then former BYU signee Mika Tafua, uh, fantastic. Those guys are really good. Um, I think BYU is underrated on the D-line. Hopefully they get a little more push. As I mentioned in the first hour, Elias Tuiaki, defensive coordinator for BYU, said on Coordinator's Corner Monday, that BYU is going to have to get a good push with three sometimes, meaning they're going to make Tyler Huntley throw the rock. Stock is high in BYU's offensive line. Can't wait to watch the matchup against Utah's defensive line there. Yes, it is advantage Utah with three future NFL guys, maybe more in the mix in the uh, coming years. At linebacker, Jerem, who has the advantage? I think BYU does. Uh, I, I like Zane Anderson and Isaiah Kafusi. We rewatched the game yesterday from last year. Zane Anderson's not in that game. That's a big deal, right? Sione Takitaki had a nice game. But on the outsides, Isaiah Kafusi and Zane Anderson are ball hawks, game changers. Gidry, Bernard, Devin Lloyd, 
They're good, too. Gidry's really good in pass coverage as well. Francis Bernard is a really good linebacker. Uh, former, yeah. former BYU Cougar, of course, played linebacker and, uh, of course, running back. He is, he is one to watch. Um, this is a good matchup. I think both these teams traditionally have really great linebackers. Utah lost Cody Barton and Chase Hansen to the league, Seahawks and Saints. Um, those are big losses. Uh, how, how, will, how will Devin Lloyd uh, play replacing those guys? France Bernard, I'm confident in. Gidry comes in kind of as the, uh, the nickelback sometimes, right? Um, at, at 5'9", 193, so a little undersized for a backer per se. Uh, but I like BYU in this. Yeah, I think this is pretty close. In fact, I think it is a wash. I- I've got this oh. position group as a tie across the board. I think Utah, what is this, soccer? based on tradition, is going to be very competitive. They'll be good at that position. I like Francis Bernard's skill set a lot. It's sad to think about him having an impact on this rivalry for BYU in Salt Lake City. I mean, he, he made some plays in this yeah. game for BYU. Well, if you saw the video that came out, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. For BYU, I, you know I love Zane Anderson. I think he's the most dynamic defender that BYU has on the field. I think he shores up some things. The Cougars trying to replace some big-time players at that position group. Zane Anderson, Isaiah Kafusi. Yeah, I think this is a wash. Very competitive linebacker. I wish Francis Bernard the best, but he went to Utah. I wish he'd gone anywhere else but Utah. He could have gone to Utah State. I'd be happy for him. I was happy for Down Levitt. Like, yeah, except for the moment when he had the pick and, like, had his Titanic thing on the bench <laughs> over there. Okay, <laughs> the secondary. Again, this is an overwhelming yes. favorite here with Utah just because of the NFL talent they have back there. I don't know that it's overwhelming, but I think it's obvious. I think Jalen Johnson and Julian Blackman are uh, really good. Jalen Johnson's a fantastic cornerback. Julian Blackman moved from corner to safety. On the BYU side, Diane Gawolik moved from safety to corner. I don't know how good Blackman is as a safety. I thought he was a great corner. He's the guy that had the pick six. He is the second cousin, by the way, of Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson said that uh, Julian uh, you know, messaged him, I think, the next day or the next week after the pick six last year and said, hey, I knew that, that Zach said, how did you know that? How did you jump it? And he said, well, I'd seen it on film X, Y, Z. He knew, right? I asked Zach Wilson two weeks ago, have you talked to him since? And he said, no. And I said, will you talk to him in the eight days leading up? No. I love the intensity. It's business. Uh, the question isn't whether Austin Lee and Gonwoloku can be good. It's whether the uh, other corners, D'Angelo Mandel, and now Sawyer Powell, free yeah, safety can't How does he play produce. free safety? Yes. It's a big game. When I say overwhelming, I just feel like the depth overall, the secondary at Utah, is really hard to compete with, especially because BYU is dealing with injuries to Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner. Now, if those two were in the mix, I'd feel like it's a little bit closer. But yeah, Utah's sure. depth at that position is really impressive. I wish BYU was deep enough to where Troy Warner could play corner. I think he's a oh, good I'd love corner. Oh, I'd love to safety. see him at the other cornerback. Yeah, position, safety. Right? He was kind of nondescript most of the year. I didn't, I didn't notice him, which is a good thing, right? But also, I want you to make some plays and remember those plays that you make, right? Last but not least, the special teams matchup in today's game. Okay, kicker. Andrew Strau, as you mentioned, has made one field goal. He's a grad transfer from UCLA. Lefty, it's a little bit different, right? Um, the hold has got to be on the other side. Ball comes in a little differently. Jake Oldroyd for BYU. Oldroyd's made a clutch kick to win a game. Based on that fact alone, uh, Oldroyd, right? And that punter, Ben Lemon, Australian. Mitch Wisnowski replacement. Oh, Utah has an Australian punter? Yeah, That's crazy. weird. Well, BYU does too, Danny Jones, but he's not the starter. Jake Oldroyd will punt for BYU. We're hearing great things from Jake in fall camp, like... Uh, he can rugby or just go straight up, and he's got a 70-yard leg at times. Like, okay, awesome. Um, he's beefed up, gained 35-plus pounds reportedly, a pure undefiled muscle. Who knows, right? But he looks great. 
I think it's BYU for the first time in a long time Crazy. against Utah. And that's where you win some tight games. When these games are this tight, special teams plays a huge role. Field position battle is something that we talked about on more than a couple of occasions in the buildup over the last few months. So yes. what do we think are the most important and underrated aspects of this game? For me, oh my goodness, it is the field position battle. If BYU's punting and punt coverage can be like Utah's has been in this game over the years, advent, major advantage BYU. Because from what it sounds like, BYU's going to test Utah to make 9 or 10 or 11 or 12 play drives without making a mistake, bend, don't break philosophy. And if they've got to start from the 5 and 10 yard lines at time, which Utah's made a living on against their opponents doing with Wisnowski, then this is advantage BYU. If Oldroyd can pin Utah deep and BYU can take advantage and win the field position battle, oh my goodness. It's just an underrated aspect of the game. Let's put a number to what you're saying. Gregor Bell said BYU's won 14 of its last 15 when plus in average starting field position, and BYU's lost 14 straight games when minus in average starting field position. So you win that, uh, you win the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you time. for quantifying is, that for sure. Yeah, let's quantify it. Exactly. Holy cow. Coming out, the rivalry game from every angle, according to BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. And next, we actually found time for Dennis Pitta. Is he wearing his helmet today? (laughs) He'll join us next. (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation. It'd be great if he was. Adrenaline, um, excitement. Um, I I think, you know, it's no secret that, um, you know, we're ready for the tables to turn. And um, the guys are working hard for it. BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Satake welcoming us back with some of his thoughts on the approaching BYU-Utah rivalry game. We are live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. You're on demand anytime, anywhere. Juice still high for you, brother? Yes. Okay. Let's go, man. All right. We got the countdown clock, clock right here going. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. go, baby. Let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Hashtag beat Utah. BYU football will host number 14 Utah tonight, 10-15 Eastern, 7-15 Pacific on ESPN. As the Cougars attempt to end the eight-game losing streak to the Utes, pregame coverage starts on BYU TV at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, with countdown to kickoff, two-hour special. And on BYU Radio, coverage starting on that side, roughly 15 minutes after countdown to kickoff goes on the air on BYU TV. Here's Austin Lee on the rivalry and the hype from Utah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad that they're they're ranked in the top. What, what are they? 14 right now. I'm I'm happy because it's just an opportunity for us to show who we are. Because I know who we are, but it's it's going to have to show game one, game two, and and be consistent. So I'm excited for what the season holds for us. There's so much in on this game emotionally. Win, lose, it won't be a draw this night. Tonight's the final night of NFL preseason games. Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs take on Jamal Williams and the Packers in Green Bay. Michael Davis and the Chargers travel to San Francisco. They'll take on Fred Warner and the 49ers at 10 Eastern. Hey, the Chargers 0-3 in the preseason. What the heck? And the 49ers are 3-0, Jerem. Yeah, that matters a lot. Uh-huh. And Taysom Hill, Corbin Kafusi, and the Saints play John Denny and the Dolphins. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, a man we definitely have time for today because it's rivalry day. It is BYU-Utah. In fact, he played and starred on the BYU team mm-hmm. that last beat Utah in 2009. Dennis Pitta, the winningest tight end in BYU football history. According to Dennis. Dennis, how are you? Gentlemen, it's always somewhat of a pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I can't believe we made it, Dennis. It felt like this game would never happen. 
Uh, it was always going to happen, but yeah, it's taken a while to get here. Um, I will say I appreciate you guys using my proper title now, the winningest tight end of your It's not on the graphic. We, I might, we'll have to work on that. In fact, I, I might take it a step further. I might be the winningest player in BYU history. <laughs> because you played in more games than Max. Tight ends. The well, winningest player. Max. Okay, we'll, uh, you, we'll you look might. into that. You might be. Yeah. <laughs> Get your research team on that one. Okay. Uh, the crack research team is we on. We changed it. the graphic. Uh-huh. Winning a stud in BYU. There you go. Asking you shall receive, Dennis. Um, do we just make graphics without checking them now? <laughs> is that a thing that we do? What is that? Dennis, BYU and Utah, uh, we have been talking about this for, and, and with you, for every d- day, literally, since the game happened last year. Now we're here. Utah's ranked 14th. This is the greatest preseason Utah team ever. Yet BYU, I think, is really dialed in, focused, hungry, has put in the work. What do you think of the matchup tonight? Well, I think it's a good matchup, to be honest. You know, I know they get all the preseason hype for number 14 coming in, but BYU historically has played really well in game one of the season. And, uh, shoot, I was there last year when we played Arizona, and Arizona had a lot of hype. Now, not all the team hype like uh, Utah has coming into this year, but Khalil Tate was the guy that was going to win the Heisman last year and all this hype surrounding it. BYU came in in a hostile environment and played really well. And so I just, for whatever reason, Game one, we come in with, with focus, we come in with good health, and we seem to play well. So I like our chances tonight. I mean, we get them at home. Um, they do have a lot of hype. They've got a great team, but that's why you play the games. We asked Max Hall, your buddy, brother-in-law, and another of your teammates, Brandon Bradley, what it's like to be a player on this day. How would you answer that question? Um, that's a good question. You always feel like there should be – uh, more hype going into this game, a greater sense of urgency. And there probably is, but as a player, you have to approach it the same. This is like any other game. Your preparation should be the same. The way you think about the plays you need to make should be the same. You shouldn't really change anything. And, and when you do, when you start to press, when you start to think you have to do something outside of your role or your job or whatever it may be, I, I think that's where you get into a little bit of trouble. And so they'll have all kinds of energy and emotion going into this game being game one of the season, even, even more so because you're playing a rival in Utah. Um, but you have to approach it the same mentally. You have to ha- have the same approach. You can't use all your energy up and emotion. And in the first quarter, you have to just do your job essentially and, and play your game and don't get outside of yourself. Who'd you pay on our crew? We just showed a block from you like highlighted you blocking somebody i was a dominant blocker at byu and you'll never know otherwise (laughs) apparently because according to the video we're showing uh, that backs up uh, that statement for sure dennis pitta with us on byu sports nation utah is a five and a half point favorite what type of game do you anticipate tonight dennis and go on record who like legitimately who do you think is going to win this game tonight well, I expect a close game, to be completely honest. I mean, you guys have made mention of it a lot in the last handful of weeks. This rivalry is always competitive, no matter what anybody else says. And the games are always close. And it's a rivalry game. That's what happens, no matter who's ranked where or whatever the circumstances may be coming into this week. The game's going to be close. Both teams know it's at stake. And uh, I just I anticipate a one-score game. I anticipate a game that comes down to the last couple possessions in the fourth quarter. And I think to say otherwise 
would be kind of silly, in my opinion. And so, um, listen, I, I'm never going to say I think Utah's going to win. You're not going to put me on record saying that. So I'm going with the Cougars all day tonight. But, listen, I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. I think we have to be able to finish in the end, which we would, haven't been able to do late in games. I mean, the last time we beat Utah was my senior year. And even that game, we were a better team. We were higher ranked. We had more accolades going into that game. Shoot, that game went into overtime. And we had to win it with a final Andrew George catch over the middle score in this triumphant last play just to beat those guys at home. And so it's always a battle no matter who's ranked, who isn't, who's the better team. I just think there's so much emotion and heart that goes into this game that it's always going to be close. Why didn't you have the game-winning catch in 2009, Dennis? <laughs> That's a great question. I was actually thinking about that play recently. <laughs> and so it, it was a pretty basic play. I was on the right side. We were kind of in a two-by-two formation. Andrew Jordan was split to the left. I was split to the right of the flat. I ran like a five-yard out, was wide open. Andrew <laughs> Jordan ran kind of a little, a little whip route. So he fakes like he's running a five-yard out and then pivots back to the inside. And the better throw, the safer throw, Mac, was to me on the right. <laughs> and I would have had the first down. And so I turned around, the ball's not coming to me, and my first reaction is I'm a little bit upset. <laughs> and I look I look over, and Max is forcing one into Andrew in between two defenders. Fortunately, they got through, and then they collide into each other, and he's running for a uh... touchdown. And so I had to quickly shift my attitude yeah. from upset to – overjoyed because it was the game winner so well well done Max. well done andrew i'll give them their credit but my first reaction was was disappointment and upset <laughs> i'm open sure. man <laughs> well yeah i'm open just take the easy plan let's you were short down let's move the chain yeah you were short of the sticks we had max Hall on earlier and he described the same play he told us that in the route he only uh he, he gave like a like a west side sign which was uh, you know, cut it inside because there was outside leverage uh, for the defender on Andrew George. Why didn't he give you any sign to change the route? That's my question. He gave Andrew the route. It worked, and that was great, right? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I You know, I'm starting to, like, drum up a lot of old feelings about this play. <laughs> I'm starting to get a little bit worked up about it. <laughs> Dennis Pitt you know, on the say, Andrew, Andrew was to the field. He had more room to work. I was into the boundary, so that may have played a, a role. I'm going to tell myself that so I don't get too upset. But. Okay. Tight end two got the field. He did get the game winner. on the play. We would have been talking about you forever, man. That would have been awesome, right? I know. I know. It would have been great. <laughs> You would have had time for me on this show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, whenever Andrew George wants to come on, we have him on. It's great. Yeah. yeah Dennis, let's, I know, I let's, get it. let's talk about BYU's current tight end, Matt Bushman. He was named the fall camp MVP by his offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, on that side of the ball. What kind of weapon are we talking about? I mean, is he a future NFL guy in your opinion? Yeah, I definitely think so. He has all the, the skills that you look for in an NFL tight end. I mean, he can go up and make tough, contested catches on just about anybody. He's a tough matchup for a linebacker, can run away from him. He, uh, he has the size and ability to, to make catches in front of a safety, and uh, he's got all those tools. Now, I know a lot's been made of his blocking. Shoot, I didn't block anybody like we talked about before. I didn't block anybody in, in college. I was a, a slot receiver basically the whole time. And, and so th- those are things you can certainly learn. Blocking is a lot about footwork, um, hand placement, things that you can learn. And uh, I certainly got better at blocking throughout my career. And, and it was never something that I was going to be a dominant guy at the line of scrimmage. I was, you know, my skill set was, was split out. And there's a huge need for that in the NFL. And 
And so he, he's a guy that translates. I'm excited for him because he's got a huge opportunity this year. He's been productive in his first couple of years for sure, but he's a guy that is going to be the feature guy at this in this offense now moving forward. And it was tough to see him not get a lot of balls early last year. I, I felt like they could have gotten him involved a little bit more in the offense in the first part of the season. Uh, but they finally figured that out towards the latter half, and uh, he came alive. And I expect a big year for him. I'm excited for him for sure. Most of the people that have some kind of dramatic or important play against Utah are legends, right? Zach Wilson could become a legend tonight, right? Um, if BYU wins, we're going to remember Zach Wilson forever, even if no matter how it happens. But what kind of difference do you think Zach Wilson's sophomore edition can make in this game tonight in the season opener in his sophomore year? Well, first of all, I think the first part of that question was a dig at me that I'm not a legend because I've never made a play like that in the Utah game. Yeah, I'm not Austin Collie catching a fourth and 18. I'm not Johnny Harley catching a game winner at Utah or Andrew George. Hey, you said it. I know I'm not a legend in this game, okay? I understand where you were going with that question, so I appreciate it. Um, that being said, to answer the latter half of the question, uh, I think this is a huge game for Zach. Uh, a huge opportunity for him to really take the next step in his progression. And um, no better uh, opportunity than tonight, certainly. I mean, this is a nationally televised game. Everybody's going to be watching because, unless you're on the East Coast, of course, because it starts at like midnight. But uh, this is the game that he can really have a coming out party and show the world, show uh, the college football landscape that, hey, I'm a quarterback to be reckoned with, and this is a team to be reckoned with. And so – you know, he's got a big opportunity. He's got a lot on his shoulders, and, and this team will go as far as he goes tonight. If he protects the football, if he uh, does his job and doesn't try and force too many things downfield, takes what's available to him, and just makes the plays that he's capable of making, um, this team can win. And so there's a lot on his shoulders, and uh, it's going to be a big night for him. The winningest player in BYU football history. Unofficially, but we think so. Dennis Pitta with us on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at what Utah brings in in terms of hype and the fact that BYU's lost eight games in a row in this rivalry series, which team needs this victory more, Dennis? Well, BYU certainly needs the victory more. Uh, I think you guys have made mention that Utah can lose this game, and they, they still have all their goals ahead of them, what they want to do in the Pac-12, uh, getting to the Rose Bowl, all those kind of things, even – potentially a college football playoff berth. I mean, you can lose the first game of the season in a hostile environment against your rival on the road and still win out and, and accomplish all of those things. And so this isn't a must-win necessarily for Utah, certainly a game that they want to win. Um, but this is means more to BYU. Uh, You've got to have it more if you're BYU. You can't go nine straight losses. I mean, that's, I'm so sick of the Eric Weddles of the world and everybody else. <laughs> they're high and mighty because a team that they're not even a part of is continues to win. And so I, I, I want to shut those guys up, um, guys that I know that, that think they're awesome because Utah's won a handful in a row. And so um, this, this game means more to us. It means more to me. It means more to all of us who have played in this rather, who are so sick of the guys on the other side mm-hmm. uh, saying all, all that they have to say about it. All right, Dennis. Uh, yeah, let's let's put any beefs aside. Let's join forces for the betterment of BYU Sports Nation. Oh, I'm good. Good karma. Yeah. Let, let's do this thing, man. What do you say? 
Listen, there will never not be beef between Jerem and I. It's and I use the dinner. double negative there, which means I'm serious. But that being said, I will be civil today, and uh, we will join forces. Against the, the greater good. Yeah. Okay. Utilitarian mindset. It's yeah. Hobbs and Shaw, Jerem and Dennis. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I am definitely Hobbs. Always remember that. <laughs> Dennis, great to talk to you, man. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, Dennis. Guys, it was fun. You got Thanks it, man. for the time. You got Finally. it. You got it. <laughs> Dennis Pitta on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Oh, he's one of my favorite uh, people that are – he's a man among other men. He's hilar- yeah. He is hilarious. He's very funny. He's almost as funny as I am. Coming up, going for two is back. We're going to pick what's going to happen tonight. And the rivalry as described by BYU football head coach Kalani Satake. This is BYU Sports Nation. Game day! BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, get ready for kickoff with Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio with Jason Shepard, Gregor Bell, Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Jurgens as they broadcast live from Cougar Canyon starting at 8.15 Eastern, 5.15 Pacific on BYU Radio and the app. Your day-to-day play-by-play of BYU Sports continues live from picturesque oh. Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Look at that. Be- beat Backdrop. that view. Beat it. You can't. Go. And Utah can't beat BYU tonight? You know what we haven't talked about? So stadium renovations. Can we describe them briefly? Between each stand, there are new walkways. You don't have to go down to go up, which is awesome. There are uh, 75,000 like, square feet more, something crazy. Um, like 200 more bathroom stalls, most of which are for the ladies, which is awesome. I know that was something that they heard and answered. Um, it's fantastic. Cougar Canyon is brand new. That's going to shut down the street, and the Cougar Walk will actually happen through there with the band and the cheerleaders. Robbie Bosco is going to take pictures with the national championship trophy before the game. This is going to be awesome. And you're going to see every stinking second of it on Countdown to Kickoff tonight. Only place you can watch all of that. Love it. The warm-ups out here. So this, the Wi-Fi last year, you know, e- even better this year, the game day app. So there's a lot to love when you come to the stadium. If you missed our interviews earlier with Dennis Pitta, Max Hall, Brandon Bradley, all former members of the 2009 BYU team that beat Utah or ESPN color analyst Ahmad Brooks. He was great. Download awesome. the podcast. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Uh, you, you missed a lot, so we're putting it out there so you can uh, listen to that later. It is rare, Jerem, in college sports when you have a rivalry game that features two teams with two coaches that had great success at the other school, whether as a player or or a coach. It's just weird. Not only that, but both coaches are good friends in Kalani Satake and Kyle Whittingham. But you know what? Rivalries are rivalries, and you would think that there would be animosity there, but there's just not for Kalani and Kyle, except on game week and game day. Yeah, and this gives Kalani Satake a unique view on the game. It really does. Sure. And here is the rivalry according to Kalani Satake. Appreciation, yeah. You know, I just... I think even before that, I played here at BYU when my older brother was playing at Utah, you know. So um, I have a brother and a sister that went to the U, and so it wasn't like there's a, a big line across the, the family, you know, floor. It was, we were all connected, but um, followed both programs. And obviously, I love BYU and played here, and and um, it was just really cool to, to get my shot in coaching with them and Kyle Whittingham and, and the 10 years that I spent there, I learned a lot. And the 
got to know a lot of the the coaches, but also a lot of people in the in the, the university and the fans. And so I a lot of appreciation for them. They kind of helped me grow as a coach, and I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. And so now that I'm here as a football coach, it's even crazier that I grew up a BYU fan. I got to play at BYU, and then now I'm the head coach. And so uh, everything's so weird for me, but I, I love every second of it. I just can't believe that this has actually come true. And so here we are. So I think from my um, point of view, it's a little different than others. And I, but I understand everybody else's, um, you know, their perspective on the on the rivalry and on both sides. But right now, I'm, I'm only focused on one thing, and that's helping my players and our team and um, to get their goals and, and trying to help our fans be happy. And that's kind of what I'm focused on. But I think you can do that still with a lot of respect for the opponents and. Also, even if you admire them a little bit and want them to win the other games that they play, I think that's okay, and I think it's healthy. It's been really good for my relationship with them and and with my outlook on the, on the rivalry. So we're having a lot of fun with it. It'll be a lot better when we can get a win. Yeah, it just goes all about trying to find a way to to get that win. And you know, last year with the injuries and all that stuff, it's just it's it's a weird concept that. I think people don't understand when you get in the moment of it, it's just all about, you're so focused on, on the outcome. Um, but, you know, it was a cool learning learning experience, even though it was really heart-wrenching. And um, I think I learned a lot from it. I think our players have too. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to see how much we've learned from that point to now and see if we can build on it and find a way to have more success and be a lot more productive. Kalani Satake on the rivalry and how he handles it emotionally, given his history and background yeah. on both sides. Hopefully, the outcome is what you want, though. You got to get to that point too. You can't always be learning and lost. You got to learn and win sometimes too. And I know he wants more than anybody else to win. Coming up, watching BYU Sports Nation instead of teaching your class. End at two twenty-six in the morning, for that matter. Plus, our going for two picks season debut. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment brought to you by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Shout out to today's guests, Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, Brandon Bradley, and ESPN's Ahmad Brooks. Loaded two-hour show. If you missed any part of the show, it's uh, BOD on BYUSN.com. You can always download the podcast. It's time that we go for two, Jerem. Season debut. Presented can by you predict the future? These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Jeremy and I are going to make two projections for each and every football game, starting with BYU-Utah in the season opener. Jeremy, what are your two picks? Pick one, Tyson Williams will rush for 80-plus. I think in this game he's going to have an impact. He could go for a hundy. We'll see. I think that Utah defense is pretty good, so my number's a little lower, 80-plus. Pick two, Jake Oldroyd will make two field goals in this game. You know what? I hope you get both of them because that only means good things, you would think, for BYU. Well, hopefully they score uh, zero field goals and have a bunch of touchdowns, but yeah. Pick number one for me. Zach Wilson, the BYU sophomore quarterback, will have 30 or more passing attempts tonight. His career high is 30. He had 29 in the game against Utah last year. I think we're going to see Zach's arm unleashed, even though... He's coming off a shoulder surgery. I think BYU's going to throw the ball a lot tonight. My second pick, BYU will be even in or win tonight's turnover battle. That'd be awesome. Last year was even. And you saw what happened. It it just about worked out for BYU. 
Yeah, it hasn't really mattered. BYU's been plus three in a game and lost. It's like, oh, unbelievable. Okay, those are our going for two picks. Jerem Jordan, Tyson Williams going to rush for 80-plus yards. Jake Oldroyd will make two field goals. I've got Zach Wilson throwing 30 or more passes, and BYU will be even in or win tonight's turnover battle. At Tice uh, Mower? Sorry. While the fifth graders are in music class, I'm catching up on BYU Sports Nation. The teacher next door is a Utah fan. Needs some blue in my life right yes, now. Yes, yes. Watching on an iPad at school. Very nice. The the kids are out. She's got a little free time. Awesome. At Nate Dunno too. Came home from my lunch during school. Watched part of BYU Sports Nation like usual. So pumped for the game. Love the uh, shirts too. In reference to our Royal hey, Blue. Royal today. Blue. BYU wears Royal. Utah wears the Crimson. This is this is epic. Like what is going to happen tonight is going to be epic. Hopefully it results in something that matters for BYU and a win, right? Because BYU needs it. Utah really needs it too if they're going to be what they people say they're. They're not the ones saying this, so it's like it's un, preseason hype's fun, but it's unfair to a degree, right? And I think BYU is prepared in a way where they're going to be able to make those plays tonight. Utah's very good. Are they great? Because if they're a great team, they're going to win tonight. But if BYU's better than Utah tonight, let's go. End the streak. Give us, us, Cougar Nation, what we want, which is a win in this stadium, and it will be a night that everyone will remember forever. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Bama BYU fans, says... It's 2.26 a.m. on Friday in Japan, or it was 30 minutes ago. I'm up watching BYU Sports Nation, and BYU's still undefeated. So I'll say 100% confident they'll beat Utah tonight. He's watching from the future on Friday? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Hello from the future. If I could tell you the score right now, instead of watching it play out, would you want to know? No. I wouldn't either. No, I I I just want to see see it it play out. Yes, I I I want to know every painful, wonderful agonizing, celebrated moment in this game as it happens in real time. Sorry to all of you for having Dennis Pitt on. No, you're not. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show's on demand, BYUSN.com. Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Mark Wilson and Robbie Bosco, who's going to be signing autographs tonight. They beat Utah. See you tonight on Countdown to Kickoff at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. One Go is coming. One is coming.